Good morning, everybody. Um, welcome to our webinar. I'd like to introduce Mr. Terry O'Sullivan, who is the director of the Kerry Education Centre. Welcome to our webinar. Over to you, Terry. Good morning, everyone. You are all extremely welcome to this morning's live webinar in conjunction with the Education Support Centres of Ireland Network and IMS, who are partners for Zoom in Ireland. I would like to take this opportunity to appraise, applaud and commend the efforts of all teachers and schools right across the length and breadth of this island. The teaching community of Ireland has undoubtedly answered Ireland's call over the last number of weeks. The manner in which schools have reinvented themselves in an extremely short space of time is something that we should all be extremely proud of. Teachers are working harder than ever adapting to this new landscape. Having spoken to many principals and teachers across the country over the last number of weeks, it's extremely heartening to hear of the fantastic innovation taking place in schools. The digital journey has really exploded into life, which in my opinion is an extremely positive outcome. The Education Support Centre of Ireland Network is delighted to have been able to play its role in supporting schools along this journey. Our role in the education system has always been based on supporting schools in our local areas. Now, more than ever, schools need support, and we hope that you have found the many webinars and projects rolled out by your local education centre beneficial, supportive and helpful over the last number of weeks. Before we commence today's webinar, I would like to thank IMS, who have been extremely helpful and supportive to the education centre network and schools over the last number of weeks. Professionalism shown by your team in helping school start their journey with the Zoom conferencing app has been second to none. I, for one, had never heard of Zoom until about three weeks ago. It is now a household name in many schools and homes across the country. It has enabled proper lines of communication to remain open in many schools. Communication is one of the most single most important ingredients in any school and organization. So in this regard, it has definitely played a vital role in ensuring that communication remains at the forefront of school life over the last number of weeks. In today's webinar, we will hopefully see how Zoom may be used to further progress teaching and learning in your school. Without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Leo Colgan of IMS, who will commence today's webinar. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Terry, and thank you for those kind words. It's been our pleasure to be on this uh, initiative with you guys, and we'd like to thank the, all the education centers around the country for their support. So today, what we're gonna look at, we're gonna show you what Zoom is and why we think you should use Zoom as an online teaching tool. We're gonna to show you how to set up a, a classroom securely. We're gonna look at um, how a case you study with Avro D, who's gonna tell us about Zoom and how he uses it from a primary school perspective. We have Dr. Veronica McCauley on the panel and she's gonna show us how to use breakout rooms. And we've got Sethi de Klerk here who uh, from Flipped uh, Classroom Tutorials and he's gonna show us how he uses sharing content. So these are our panelists today uh, and I'd like to thank them all for joining us. So, just a little bit of housekeeping. All you guys are in Zoom, so you're using Zoom at the moment, and we're gonna launch some polls throughout the morning 
just to get an indication of uh, your usage and your intention to use Zoom. So Shane is going to launch the first poll and you should see it on your screen. And we'd like you to uh, make your choice. And that will give us some indication of how much usage of Zoom has happened in the audience. So we're going to launch these polls. We're going to launch four or five polls throughout the morning. Um, we're going to have Q&A and we have, we've got five engineers in the background answering Q&A live. So at the bottom of your screen, you'll see Q&A. If you click on there, you can actually type a question uh, and someone will answer you or they may say answer live and we might address it in the Q&A at, uh, at the end of the session. So following on from the presentations, we will leave plenty of time for Q&A and at that stage, You'll also see raise hand, the raise hand function at the bottom of your screen. You can click on this uh, at the Q&A and we'll bring you up uh, and we'll unmute you and we'll be able to hear your voice and you can ask any of the panelists a question. Um, just in, in terms of information and resource about Zoom, we've launched ieducate.ie, which is a website that, is, uh, that has all the resources you need to know about Zoom. We've made some instructional videos about how to download Zoom, how to activate your Zoom account. Um, and also we've used, uh, with, with SETI's kind permission, we've used a lot of SETI's online tutorials and indeed the Zoom tutorials. So please feel free to visit ieducate.ie and you'll get plenty of resource there. Keep an eye on it because we're gonna have a competition for best use case. So I'm sure you've all seen uh, how Zoom has been used in the, in the past few weeks, uh, uh, from Zoom parties, house parties, quizzes, to board of management meetings, online teaching. There's so many use cases, but we want to find out what school has used Zoom to, be to best effect, and we're going to have a, a, a nice prize to go with that competition. So keep an eye out on ieducate.ie, and we'll give you more information about that competition. In terms of licenses, by virtue of the fact that you're attending today's webinar, um, all your schools have been, uh, have been granted licenses and in the coming days, they'll be sending you your licenses. So the principals uh, in each of your schools will have, will have been sent activation emails to, to activate the school's account. And in the coming days, all the teachers will receive their licenses as well. Um, so without further ado, let's hop into the, today's content. So why use Zoom? Well, we love Zoom in IMS because I guess we started using Zoom a couple of years ago um, to try and cut down on travel and expense, to be honest, and, and uh, to where we would have half an hour meetings in, in the UK and Europe. We started trying to get our clients to use Zoom um, as a meeting tool and it worked very well. So. When this crisis kicked off, we were well placed to bring Zoom to all our clients and um, schools started contacting us. And that's where, where the education centers got involved. And we decided we would launch this initiative with the support of Zoom to give free licensing to all schools in Ireland. Uh, so there's many thousands of teachers that have now signed up to this. So we're, we're delighted with how it's taken off. So why do we use it? It fully integrates with things like Teams and Google Classroom, Skype. It's, it's seen, it's best for audio and video. 
And really, we, we like it because it complements other systems. And I'll briefly discuss how you can integrate if you're using Teams in your school, our G Suite, and Aver might have a bit more on that in his school, um, how it integrates and complements whatever system that you're using. It's fast become the industry leader for online teaching. Um, it's one click to join, it's easy to use. It requires lower bandwidth uh, than a Skype call or a Teams call. So that's very important for uh, the houses around rural Ireland and it's highly supported. And we've tried to put as much of the Zoom resource onto our ieducate.ie website. And I think you'll find that coupled with Sethi's great videos, um, you'll find everything you need there. So why use Zoom? I guess it's easy to use. That is the key. If you were to take away anything from today's webinar, Zoom is easy to use. And that's why it's top of the charts. Zoom is easy to use and Zoom is safe to use. And that they are the, the key takeaways uh, from today's webinar. So it's top of the charts for a reason. It's easy to use, easy to manage, easy to control, easy to teach. The tools are all there. You're seeing, I'm sure you're seeing around the country, um, people, grandparents using Zoom and, and having birthday parties. It's The reason it's the most popular is because it's the easiest to use. You can see from here, this is an independent Bloomberg poll of how many app downloads there were in days throughout March and April. And you can see, it speaks for itself. Zoom is just above, above and beyond all the others. This is another independent from JD Power. You can see again, Zoom is by far the market leader at the moment. And you can see like Skype, Google Hangouts and Meet, Microsoft Teams, Cisco WebEx, they're all in use, but Zoom for audio and video is the most popular. So, with that popularity comes a couple of setbacks. And I just want to address that before going to show you how to set up a classroom. I just want to address, you may have heard about the security issues and we wanna make sure that you know that Zoom is safe to use. So just to put it in context, the level of growth in Zoom, even in a week, my slides are becoming outdated. We're actually in excess now of 3 million users on the Zoom platform. But to put it in context, in the whole of 2019, Zoom added 1.19 million users. In the first month of 2020, it added 2.22 million users. And primarily Zoom was used in the corporate sphere. So the, in the corporate sphere, security is an issue that, that is taken at company level. So all the security uh, issues that are foreseen would have been implemented on company level. When Zoom suddenly started being used by everybody, the default security settings needed to be changed because what happens when you set up a Zoom meeting is you use a meeting ID, which, is, which used to be a nine digit code. And what you can do is you can actually click join a meeting and type in a random nine digit code. And if that meeting's not secure, you can Zoom bomb a meeting and you can share a screen. So this is what was happening. Hackers were Zoom bombing meetings by putting in random nine digit codes. So IMS didn't have this, this issue with their clients because we had implemented the things like waiting rooms and passwords, and they're very important. So now Zoom have implemented these as default across, across uh, the platform. 
So the Zoom reaction, they got a, a lot of bad press, but they've reacted extremely quickly. The CEO, Eric Wan, you'll see here, he's holding weekly webinars. They've effectively addressed all the security concerns by changing the default settings. They've changed basic features within the meeting. They've made the meeting ID invisible. I'm sure you all saw Boris Johnson's tweet with the picture of his cabinet meeting on Zoom and the meeting ID in the corner. So Zoom had to Boris Johnson proof uh, Zoom so that nobody else could see the meeting ID anymore. Uh, they've added an additional security icon and they've even gone as far as publishing a white paper on security. Um, the privacy policy, they, the GDPR issue, they've addressed the GDPR issue to, and they've released a, an updated privacy policy to make sure that people know that any data that Zoom get, they're not using, they've no intention of using or selling to anyone. They've rolled out a guide for administrators on setting up virtual classroom. You'll see a link to it on ieducate.ie. They set up a guide on how to better secure your virtual classroom. Again, linked on ieducate.ie. And they've set up a dedicated education privacy policy. On top of that, virtual waiting rooms are on by default, meeting passwords are on by default, and teachers are the only ones who share content in class is now on by default for education licenses. So I hope that has addressed your, your security issues. And when we come to set up the classroom shortly, I'll show you what, uh, what it means in, in, uh, in practical terms. One of the other issues that, that has come up, I guess, is uh, a concern amongst principals and teachers that they're already using a platform and they don't really want to switch. They've, they've invested and we're saying, it's perfectly fine to use a platform. What we're saying is complement your platform with Zoom because Zoom is best for audio and video. Zoom is best for recording classes. Zoom is best for online teaching. So what we would suggest, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Use a, co a combination. So for example, Zoom or Teams, both. We say both because in IMS internally, we use, the, we use Teams. And we integrate Zoom with Teams. So this is my Teams window. It's Microsoft Office 365, if, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Teams. But many schools have adopted Teams. And I've installed the Zoom add-on, which you'll find again. iEducate.ie will show you where to find it. But it's on the Zoom website under the, the app marketplace. So I can launch my Zoom client in my Teams environment. So I get all the collaboration and the chat and the file sharing and all the great stuff uh, that you have with Teams, but I also have the comfort of seriously good audio and video with Zoom. So a combination of both is definitely what we're suggesting. Zoom or Google Classroom, again, why, why not use both? So in Google Classroom, you can put Zoom links in and it really complements it. And G Suite, and, and again, Aver, will, Aver uses G Suite in his school, and he'll touch on that in his presentation. This is an example in Google Classroom where you can just insert a Zoom link, and then it will send out, and all your online teaching is done uh, uh, through Zoom. A lot, we fielded a lot of questions about Cisco WebEx. Um, we feel, I, I guess Cisco WebEx have done, uh, have launched a, a scheme as well to try and help schools. And a lot of people are asking me, 
why not use WebEx and why use Zoom? And for me, it's just ease of use. And, and it's, a, it's as simple as that. Zoom is easy to use. We, we use WebEx inter internally uh, with some clients. We use WebEx. It's fine for small meetings and things like that. But when you're dealing with, with a class environment and you want to do online teaching, there, there's waiting rooms in Zoom. There's password protection in Zoom, virtual backgrounds in Zoom, screen share controls are granular in Zoom. And the key for me, and I think I'm really looking forward to Veronica's presentation on breakout rooms, because it is what sets Zoom apart from all the others, in my opinion. So we're up and running with Zoom. The key to Zoom is that you can you can run it anywhere off any device. You can start a meeting when you're on the go. It has controls for every every device manage, um, imag imaginable. Uh, you can share your content to any device as well. So when you schedule a meeting, uh, here you'll see this is a this is your Zoom client. When you install your Zoom, um, you can you can get into Zoom your Zoom account when you've it activated two ways, either through the Zoom client that you download on your desktop like this, or you can go to the website and sign in on the website, the Zoom website. I use Zoom client primarily, but for any in-depth settings, I go to my I go to the website login because you can you can change the defaults and there's a bit more settings in there. So here is a Zoom the Zoom client, very easy to use. Click schedule and you put in your meeting. Um, require meeting password is on by default now so you put in whatever password you want and then you choose whatever calendar you use so in our case we integrate with microsoft outlook uh, you can also integrate with google calendar or whatever other calendar and when you click schedule this is what it appears like so this these are my shane and eric are my guinea pigs they're on the call today um, so this is what they will see they'll get a one uh, uh, click link and they'll also see the meeting ID and the password as well. So this is in my calendar then. I see it up here and at half one, I go and I click start and I'm in my meeting. So setting up your classroom. So what we need to understand, again, I'm sure a lot of you have already familiar with the meeting screen. So we're just gonna run through what, how best to control uh, your class. So this is me on my own. So you'll see at the bottom of the screen, these are all, are all your controls. I have breakout rooms on, I can record my session, I can share my screen. This is where I manage my participants. Uh, we'll go through the chat in a second and we'll go to the security. This is where I mute and I stop and start my video. So just to, just to touch on the security changes, here, what we have, the changes that I outlined earlier, this is how they look practically. Zoom have added a security menu. So in that menu are actually settings that were always in the background of Zoom. They've just brought them to the fore. They've listened and they've implemented what, what feedback they've been getting. They've also, as I mentioned before, the removal of the meeting ID from view. You'll now only see Zoom up in the top, top left-hand corner. So I'm gonna jump in now and have a quick look at the security menu. And what you have here is uh, just the most popular things from the security settings in one handy place. So lock meeting, when you're happy that everyone's in your meeting and you, and you, don't, you, you don't want any further disruption, you can just click lock meeting and that's it. Nobody can, can enter, further can enter. 
enable waiting room. And this is very important. Now you may see that it's grayed out on my screen. And the reason it's grayed out is because in IMS, we have by default enabled uh, waiting rooms for every meeting. So individual users can't turn that off. So the waiting room is, is we've decided at company level. And I think at school level, that's, that's what will happen as well. And the waiting rooms are very handy. Uh, and we'll, and I'll, I'll demonstrate them shortly. Allowing the participants. So again, this was feedback from teachers and educators. Teachers were worried about would, would students be able to share their screen? Would students be able to chat and chat amongst themselves? Would students be able to even rename themselves funny names? So again, the teacher has all the control here. You can tick or untick any of these and allow the participants to do these things because the teacher is the host of the meeting and sets up the meeting. So setting up, setting up the meeting of the classroom, the, the new security settings are, are in that security menu. But if you click on manage participants, uh, you have a few more settings like mute participants on entry. This is, this is one I like, where instead of having 30 kids clamber in and dogs barking and, and the sirens in the background, whatever noises there are, just have that ticked and everyone will be muted uh, by default. And then you can decide whether you allow them to unmute themselves, rename themselves, play a little enter or exit chime if someone comes in or comes out. You might be screen sharing at the time. Enable the waiting room as by default and then lock the meeting. So before I hand over to Dave, I'm going to run through the things that I see as the best uh, tools in a teaching environment. Uh, managing the participants, waiting rooms, audio and video controls. And then after Aver speaks, we're gonna look at breakout rooms and sharing controls uh, specifically. So virtual backgrounds. So you may, you may see me at the moment, I have a Zoom virtual background uh, and I, that is not the view of my window. I have a green screen behind me. So um, again, virtual backgrounds are, are a key feature uh, from a security perspective and Teachers don't really want to see their houses uh, or show where they are. So turning on a virtual background is good practice. So when you click stop video, uh, the arrow beside stop video, you can choose virtual background. Shane and Earl are my guinea pigs here. I can assure you Shane was not at the Cliffs of Moher and Earl definitely wasn't in a Manhattan loft apartment. So managing participants. The key, the key here for starters is the waiting room. So you can see I'm in a meeting on my own and I have one person in the waiting room. So I can decide, I can message him, say, see you in five minutes, I'm, I'm in the middle of something. I can admit Patrick or I can remove him if he's unwanted. So this is a typical meeting where there's four participants and we have two people in the waiting room. And again, you're controlling. You can let them enter one by one or you can let them build up or you can admit all or you can send a message. So the four of us are in here chatting uh, and until we're ready, we won't let Morris and Gary join. And then we might be discussing something confidential and then let, let the two of them in at the same time or individually. So that's waiting rooms. Your audio controls. So it's very important that you as the teacher have control on how uh, kids uh, can talk or not talk. Um, I guess, again, what, what separates Zoom from some of the other platforms is that you can mute all at the one time, very useful rather than having to go around mute everyone, uh, and unmute all at the one time. So in this, the first example, you'll see everyone's muted, except me, because I'm the host. 
And in the second example, everyone is unmuted. And in the third example, we have a mixture between muted and unmuted. So they are the audio controls. The video controls then, and I guess it differs between primary and secondary school. I think in secondary school, most people want to see the kids. In primary school, there may be issues around that. So it's important that you know how to control the videos and that you're able to stop uh, a participant's video. But equally, you're able to start, uh, you're able to ask the person to start the video. So for example, if Shane Dinage actually isn't sitting there at all, and he's out the back playing football, you can actually click ask to start video and make sure it, it is. And also an additional security feature that it is actually Shane Dinage and not the, his smaller brother or uh, one of the parents. Uh, so I've in this example, I've asked Shane to start his video. And this is the screen he'll see. The host has asked you to start your video. So the chat function then. So again, another tool that you, the teacher can use and it, the teacher controls the chat. They can change the permission of all, they can change them individually. Nice place for Q&A on the side or one-to-one -one instruction. And in this case, you'll see that I'm having a private chat with Shane Dinage. So I can, I can message everyone in the meeting or I can choose one of the people to message or more than one person. Uh, and I can send them messages. And you'll see here from Shane Dinage to me privately and from me to Shane Dinage privately. So the chat controls, this is important to note that, again, you have control. You can decide who the participants can chat with. They can chat with no one if you just want to do a lecture style teach uh, class. They can, they can chat with you only. They can chat with everyone and they can chat with everyone publicly and privately. So again, you have complete control. So this is a typical classroom. So again, what, what separates Zoom is that you can see as many people on the screen. So if you have a class of 30, you'll be able to see all 30 people. You can see up to 49 participants in a window. So uh, this, is, this is why I don't like using Teams for video because you can only see four participants, for example. Um, so most of these people are muted. I have a few people unmuted and that's a typical, that's a typical meeting. So in this case, this is, this is a typical meeting that I would have uh, internally. So we have, we have a number of people on. We have uh, some people don't have their video on. Uh, Carl has, doesn't have a video on, but when he doesn't have his video on, he has a profile pic that he puts up um, instead. And then there's myself and Ray and uh, Dennis has been the comedian up here in the corner. You can actually uh, also choose to not let them put on virtual backgrounds in case, uh, in case uh, they start messing around with those. And here I can see the participants. I can right click on any of the participants and do, uh, and do various options with them. And I have my group, group chat. So that's a typical meeting. So also what you can do is you can pin your video so that you are the, you are the main uh, person on the screen and you can have the others in gallery view. And this is a, this is a nice teaching tool, tool. So the focus is, is on you as you're teaching. Um, you can rename yourself and you can stop other people renaming themselves. So in this case, I've named myself the teacher. And here I can, in room, in meeting controls, I can right click on anyone by right clicking on their video and I can stop their video. I can chat to them directly. I can rename them. I can pin their video. I can make them the host, which is which is great. And, and Veronica will touch on this um, because sometimes if you have a teaching assistant and you're using breakout rooms, you want to be able to, 
your teaching assistant to move between rooms as well. Also, if you have to leave, you can make someone the host so that the meeting doesn't actually end. So a teaching assistant can be made host. So that's very useful. You can remove them, very handy, but also you can put them in the waiting room and you can go and talk to them in the waiting room if need be. So for anything disciplinary, you can use that tool. So I hope that's, uh, that's shown you, uh, first of all, that it's safe and secure to use. Secondly, that you can integrate it with your existing systems. And thirdly, that it's easy to set up a classroom uh, using it. The features that I love the most in an online teaching environment are breakout rooms and screen sharing. So we've invited Dr. Veronica McCauley from NUIG, and she's going to uh, present on breakout rooms. And Sethi de Clerc has kindly uh, joined us as well, and he's going to talk about screen sharing. But before we do that, I'd like to invite Aver, uh, who's primary school principal in the model school in Limerick, just to give his perspective from a primary school uh, setting on his use of Zoom to date and how he's getting on. So, Aver, I'm going to hand it over to you. Thank you very much. Okay, Guramaha Gut Leo. Dee Vachorda, Augustasula Gungulshvig Bwintan of us in webinar show. As mentioned already, I'm principal of Unvoskull, we're a skull long Gwelga here in Limerick City. Uh, we have a staff of over 35 teachers with 600 plus pupils. Uh, I'm in my second year as principal here, so I'm still learning the ropes. And like every other school in the country, we're struggling with certain elements of distance learning at the moment. Um, I used Zoom for the first time six weeks ago. I'm certainly not an expert on it, but I'm learning and I'm going to share my experience with you for the next few minutes. Uh, we're a Google school, uh, so we, we recently started integrating G Suite with Aladdin and various other devices in our school. We currently use Aladdin to send homework um, to the parents every weekend, and we generated class email addresses for the pupils to submit their homework so they could get feedback from the teachers through email. Uh, when we started, uh, started out a number of weeks ago, we looked at Aladdin, email, Google Classroom, Dojo, Seesaw, all the various platforms, but we were looking for something that would complement, give us something extra, in other words, to what we can already do with Aladdin and Gmail, a platform that, that would allow us as teachers to collaborate and possibly meet up and teach online as well. So we tried Zoom and Google Meet. Uh, for the staff meetings in week one, and we found Zoom much more reliable. Uh, it's worked a lot better for teachers with poor Wi-Fi, uh, and it offered more functionality as well and features. And all the staff members, from the youngest staff members to the ones with more experience, they were all well able to, to access it from any kind of a device, a phone or a PC, and they were very comfortable with it after a day or two of using it. Uh, the functionality, I suppose, and the, and the multiple uses of Zoom was what impressed us most about it. Since starting our Zoom journey, we've used it for in-school management meetings, for subject meetings, class meetings, SEN meetings, staff meetings. Uh, we even had our Easter breakout party on Zoom and we had great fun using the breakout rooms and it was great for morale and the staff. Uh, the live polls and the surveys and the breakout rooms are a fantastic feature and that really facilitates, I suppose, a, a workshop style staff meeting uh, where you can have effective decision making on a staff level or indeed with pupils. Uh, one of my colleagues even joked at me after a staff meeting yesterday. Uh, she said to me that, that I'm going to hold all my staff meetings in Zoom in future because of the way I can mute them all and get decisions made a lot quicker. Uh, yesterday we had our staff meeting and we used the screen share uh, feature as well and we used the polls as well. I know you've all been busy ratifying new admissions policies this week. We ratified ours on Zoom yesterday using the polls and it was fantastic. And the, the, the staff loved the breakout rooms as well because it gave them an opportunity to interact with each other for, for 10 or 20 minutes and it was just 
just it was just fantastic for everything all around. Um, our teachers have started using Zoom to work collaboratively. They teach, they've taught kind of 10, 15 minute lessons uh, with each teacher contributing and using the screen share option uh, to record the PowerPoint or the, or the, the whiteboard feature. Uh, and they, they used it to cover new content. So what they've done is they've recorded the lesson, uh, they saved the lesson to the cloud and used that link then and send it home in Aladdin so the parents can view it on any device they wish at a time that suits them. Uh, I use it myself to send a video, video message to the whole school the day of the Easter holidays and I got fantastic feedback and it's something I'm going to continue doing you go use I suppose going forward even after this weekend when the government announced the, 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 the next step in the restrictions I'm going to send a video message to the school on Monday evening just to, to touch base with everybody and let them know what our plan is, is I suppose you know. Um, now that we know how to use Zoom securely, and now that we've revised our AUP policy to protect us, uh, engaging with pupils online, um, we're now going to use it online live with pupils. Um, we revised our AUP policy, and that was one of the first things we've done. Uh, and there's a copy actually of a, of a draft AUP policy up on the ieducate.ie website. I know there's a huge number of questions there, Leo, on the Q&A today around AUP policies and GDPR. So there's a, there's a draft of an AUP policy up on ieducate ie to help you all so you don't need to ask any questions anymore uh, we put in a special section to deal with gmail and a special section to deal with zoom and distance learning as well um, you know we checked out zoom as well to make sure it was gdpr compliant and as far as we are concerned and i'm concerned personally um, G, G, Zoom is as GDPR compliant and it's as secure as any other platform that's out there right now. And we've chosen it because it just, it's a lot easier to use for, for our parents and for our staff members. Like I say, we have a draft of the AUP policy up there, but I would to say, say to you in relation to using Zoom, I suppose, and one little tip, we, we're going to use it to record lessons and we'll record teachers teaching new content and send the links out. But when we're, when we're um, engaging with pupils online, I suppose, we're not going to record um, that part of our interactions because we don't think that's wise. Uh, we can use Zoom to record so unidirectional, I suppose, um, lessons where, where videos and mics are off and where it's the teacher teaching. But the live pieces where we're interacting with pupils, we won't be recording them. Um, I suppose the key for me, I suppose, and, and like I say, I mentioned that about the staff as well in our staff meeting yesterday, one of the biggest uh, concerns when I asked, I asked the staff uh, in, in workshops yesterday what, what their issues and concerns were, one of the biggest ones that came back is that they're just finding it difficult because they haven't heard from certain pupils in the last couple of weeks and they're wondering if they're okay. But we think that Zoom will be a fantastic feature for us to be able to connect with those pupils going forward and a great feature for our staff. So finally, I suppose, what are the key benefits or the must-dos um, from my point of view with Zoom? I suppose the key is that that my teachers now, all our staff, we're all Zoom Pro account holders, thanks to IMS, and this gives us fantastic uh, flexibility going forward to be able to collaborate and communicate. Added to G Suite and Microsoft, Zoom is a fantastic way to communicate. It's a great way for principals to bring the staff with you on this journey. It's a great way to be able to check in with our staff on a weekly basis. Um, Zoom will not replace what you're already doing. We're using it, like I said already, to complement what we do with Aladdin and G Suite. I would say it's a really, really powerful tool to be able to connect with pupils, staff and parents. My advice would be to take baby steps get your IT savvy teachers on board, they will drive this for you. And after one or two um, recorded lessons, they'll start to get used to it uh, before they'll get comfortable about going live with Zoom. Before you do any of that, do what we did, I would say, and get your AUP policy updated. You can use the section on the, on the policy that's on ieducate.ie. We're going to send that out to the parents and get them to ratify it using Aladdin. 
Um, reach out for help if you need it. The IMS boys have been brilliant for us. And what I would say to you is just get your staff up and running first with Zoom. Allow them to get used to it and get comfortable with it. And after that, it's a case of seeing where the Zoom journey takes us. So uh, that's it from me, Leo. Goramahagat. That's fantastic. And for us in IMS, we're not educators. So to have Aver and Veronica and Sethi um, on board and giving us those perspectives are, are just golden for us. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to, to Veronica McCauley, who's going to show us all about breakout rooms. Just unmute you there, Veronica. Okay. Good morning, everybody. I'm here to talk to you about Zoom breakout rooms. And um, I think that it could be an incredibly useful feature um, for you to use in the e-classroom. Essentially, it allows you to split your class up into various small groups and then move them out into breakout rooms and then complete a task there. When they're in their breakout rooms, you can bounce around between the, the rooms to see if they are on task. And when you're ready, you can bring them back then to the main classroom. Okay, so to begin, I'm going to just briefly talk to you about how to create breakout rooms. And then I'll talk to you about some of the reflections that I have on their use and perhaps for teachers. So, if you're not aware of it already, um, it's just to be aware that in Zoom land, for use of a better word, um, there are two entities. You've got the website and you've got the app. And if you want to um, ad adapt any of your settings, you, you usually go to the website to do that. So if you do want to set up breakout rooms, you go to the website first and uh, log in and click on my account. And this will bring you to a profile page. On the profile page, if you move down and click on settings, you will then see all of your settings to the right. If you scroll down through these settings, you'll soon come to breakout room, room um, a, a link about the breakout rooms. But just before that, I just wanted to draw your attention. Leo mentioned this earlier. You can allow or disallow your students to rename themselves in these rooms. This might be more suitable for older, more mature students. Um, so then you go down to breakout room and by clicking on the, um, the breakout room, this will allow you the functionality to do this when you're back in your app and in your e-classroom. The other thing to point out is that you can, as Leo mentioned earlier, allow or disallow your students to use or to change their virtual background. Now, in many schools, my, my assumption is that you won't have students um, being allowed maybe to turn on their cameras and so on. So this might not be an issue, but again, for the more mature students, this is something that you could allow. Okay, so now that you have the capability to create um, breakout rooms, um, and that now the next thing you do is you open the app and create a new meeting, for example, or a new e-classroom. You will now notice that the function, the icon for breakout rooms is at the bottom of your screen. It's in the control taskbar. Also note that only the host teacher or co-host teacher can see this icon. With breakout rooms, it can be useful to have one or more teachers, you know, with, with the ability to move between rooms. So to do this, 
you should really, you, you can make your co, another teacher or a classroom assistant a co-host. To do this, you click on the manage participants button at the bottom of your screen. It will give you the list of all the participants that have entered your e-classroom. You can then hover over the name of your um, teaching assistant or co-teacher and you can upgrade their status to co-host. This gives both them and you the option to bounce around between breakout rooms and, and, keep, and keep students on task. So next we create breakout rooms. So you click on the breakout room button and the first thing it asks you is how many breakout rooms do you want? So you can choose the amount of breakout rooms and then you can have your students randomly automatically assigned into those breakout rooms or if you wish you can do this manually also. So when I taught with breakout rooms earlier this week, um, I had a group of student teachers in the School of Education in NUI Galway and I chose the automatic option because this suited me best when the students moved into their set rooms, I chose three breakout rooms. I quickly realized that one of my facilitators was in the wrong room. And it was actually fairly easy to move, move the student. I just hovered and clicked on the move to function and you can easily move students between rooms using this function. Um, also to note that the students won't actually move into your rooms, on, on to, into the set breakout rooms until you are ready for them to do so and you click open all rooms. I have to say in the few minutes when I was doing this earlier in the week that it took me to move a few students about, I was a little bit conscious of what the other students were at back in the main classroom. And I since found out that um, you can actually pre-set up all of your breakout rooms. You just do this by going back to the website and under settings, there's a function that allows you to set up all of your breakout rooms in advance. So you don't need to be stressed about doing this in the middle of a live class. Okay, so at this point you have assigned all students into rooms and they are in there now move into each of their breakout rooms. And again, to note that the host teacher and co-host teacher can bounce and move about between the rooms. The students cannot move between rooms. The automatic setting is that they can leave the room and go back to the main classroom if they wish, or they can leave the entire Zoom call, but you have control over these settings. So if you wish for them to stay in the room, you can set it as such. Okay, another great function, I think, is the fact that the host teacher or co-host teacher, they can bro broadcast a text message to all rooms simultaneously. So if you wanted to send a reminder to students to, to stay on task, you can do it using this function. Then um, to note that when you're ready for the students to move back to the main e-classroom, you click on the button, close all rooms, that red button um, to the right-hand side of the screen. And the automatic setting is that it gives students 60 second countdown clock in their rooms, telling them that they're going to be moved back to the main classroom in 60 seconds. I'll come back to that feature again in, in another minute. When you have the students back in the main e-classroom, what's wonderful is that the breakout rooms remain live, the same breakout rooms, um, and they remember the student set that you wished to put into them. So you can move those same students back into that breakout room again at a later stage if you have another group task to set them. 
Okay, so my thoughts after use. Well, one of the first thoughts was that um, they can be quite quiet places. So when I usually teach students using an, an introduced group activity, it can be a noisy class. And in talking with some of the students earlier this week, they felt that when they were moved into the breakout room, they really valued the fact that it was quiet and it gave them a chance for focused discussion. Another point is that when I entered each breakout room to check in on students, I kept my mic off and, and it felt that it was, it was just less intrusive that way. I had also warned students in advance about screen sharing. So in my particular situation, um, each student in the group had to present on a different topic in the breakout rooms. So they had to share screens. So I warned um, students to be very careful about any other screens that were left open on their laptop at that time to be careful about, you know, sharing appropriate screens. I also suggested to students who were not presenting in the small groups to mute their mic at that time. Some rooms did this, others didn't. And actually, when I went to the rooms that did not mute their, mute their mics, there was some great conversations, organic conversations that are going on. And it, it reminded me that, you know, when you teach in, in an e-classroom, you know, students arrive in, they're faced with all of, their, all of their classmates simultaneously, and it can be quite daunting. You don't have that organic ambient conversation that sometimes happens between peers. And a lot of learning can happen in that space. Whereas in the breakout rooms and smaller groups, that learning can take place more easily. Also during my class earlier this week, one of the students dropped out of the class due to poor Wi-Fi. And just to let you know that when they do try to click back in, they first come into the main classroom and you, you receive a little chime to let you know that student is trying to get back in. It's very easy. You just click on the student's name and you can assign them back into their relevant breakout room at that point. So back again to the countdown time that I that I mentioned about earlier. When you click close rooms, it gives the um, it gives a timing in each breakout room to say how long the students have before they're magically transported back to the main classroom. You can change this time to whatever time you want. So for example, if you decided that you wanted students to have uh, five minutes to do a task, you could change that to five minutes. And it means that in the breakout rooms, the students can see the countdown clock and hopefully that'll keep them a little more on task. Um, so I've mentioned that already, you can organize students in advance into breakout room groups if you, if you so wish through the website. Um, my overall thoughts are, are really that I think that this feature is it's very good for, for group work to break students up into project work. Um, in secondary schools, I think it could be a great opportunity for students to, to do work on their CBAs, um, perhaps with more mature students. There is that issue that you cannot see what's happening in each breakout room um, at any one time, only the one that you enter. So if you do have a teaching assistant, that does help, or if you're working with more mature students. Uh, for SLAR meetings in secondary school, uh, I think that this could this would be great great to have for teachers. You could move different subject specific teachers out into these different breakout rooms, and then they can come back uh, when you're ready to do so. So yes, for primary school, it, I think that it would also be again very useful for group work, and um, as long as you perhaps have a second teacher or tutor with you in the in the classroom, so that you can 
check and keep, keep students on task. Okay, so that's me and back over to Leo. Thank you. Veronica, thank you so much for that presentation. It was great. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite features of Zoom breakout rooms and how easy they're to use. That presentation really showed us um, the ins and outs. Thank you so much. So I'm going to introduce you now to Sethi de Klerk. Sethi is an online educator, uh, uh, an evangelist of online teaching, I'd suggest, and he has millions of uh, followers and viewers of his online videos on how to use uh, things like Zoom. So, Sethi, over to you. Thank you. Just going to share my screen. So, we're going to have a quick look at sharing content um, because obviously everyone's at home, students are home, teachers are home, and I'm going to approach this really from the teacher's point of view. Um, so, some of the things I'm going to show you are just some little things that are possible within Zoom that will enable you to really effectively teach and share content with your students. Now, this is one of my favorite functionalities within any piece of software really is the ability to share screens. And the way Zoom does it is that we have a couple of additional things that we can do that I just wanna touch on today. Now we're gonna use, uh, look at three things here. And first of all, it's the why. Now, before sharing any content, because we are all at home and because your students are at home, it's very important to ask yourself the question, why am I sharing something? So if it is a video, why are you sharing that video? If it is a picture or a slideshow, why are you sharing that slideshow? There are over 2,400 people in this webinar right now, and I'm very sure that about half of you have probably already looked at your phone 50 times, have navigated between different tabs, have gone from window to window. That's what our students will be doing. So just to be aware of that, even though they are in a session, because it's online, we have to be aware that they will be, you know, they'll be bouncing around. They'll go from tab to tab, they might pick up their phone. And so when we are sharing something and we have a clear understanding of why we're sharing it, that will really help us to use these functions um, in a way that really can make a difference. Then also, what are we sharing? Because too often what happens is we get people sharing 20 minute videos realistically online teaching is a very different beast and it works very differently so try to really limit what you're sharing and just stick to the functions within zoom for example if that's your platform to really get your message across and then the how that's what i'm going to be showing you right now so on the next slide here you'll see some of the basic um options you'll have available whenever you're in a zoom meeting with your students so at the bottom you'll see that there is this screen so here we can share our screen. And as soon as you click on that, you'll get a little pop-up box. And that box is going to ask you, what is it that you want to share? Now, before sharing, make sure that you've checked a couple of things. Check your desktop. Make sure there's no picture, pictograms left or wallpapers that may be inappropriate. Maybe you've left some post-it notes on your wallpaper. Maybe there's some notes about students or notes about other teachers. Make sure that all of that is just removed, gone, because we are sharing our computer screen. So everything we see, they will see. When you're ch sharing a tab or a window, make sure that it's the correct one and that you're not accidentally sharing your, your inbox and all your emails and all the emails from other teachers that are coming in. And so there is definitely, um, you need to be very careful before clicking that share button. 
Now, if you do want a little bit more um, control over how you're sharing, you can always click on that little arrow and that gives you these three options. Now, the top one means that only one participant can share their screen at a time. But there may be scenarios where you want multiple participants to be able to share their screen. So maybe we're doing some brainstorming. Maybe there's some lessons where everyone has designed their own solution to a problem and you want everyone to be able to present that at the same time. Then you can tick this right here. In addition to that, there's some advanced sharing options. And when you click on those, then you have these additional functions that you can also limit it to only the host being able to share. Now, working with younger students, I found it um, very useful to make sure that only the host can share. But working with older students, or if you know your students well enough and you know they can be trusted to share their screen, by all means, have that on. All participants can share their screen. And I think this is something that often when people jump onto a new platform, Zoom included, is all these settings can be very confusing. And I think some of the security questions that we're sometimes getting come from not really understanding the settings. And so a good thing there is when you are going to be screen sharing, just have a dry run, call up a couple of colleagues, maybe some friends and just practice it. Practice sharing a screen, practice you know, sharing multiple screens at the same time. That really makes a huge, huge difference. And then that brings us to that pop-up window I mentioned. Now here you can see this is just an example of what will pop up, but this really depends on which applications and windows you have open on your computer. So if you have five different browser windows open, then you'll see five windows here. If you have a video playing in, an, let's say a media player, that media player will also be part of this pop-up window. So it is important that you prepare everything before you tap that share screen button. Now at the bottom, you'll see there's a box here that you can take. That's when you want to share your computer sound. So if you're sharing any videos or audio, or maybe there's some sound effects or clips, make sure that you tick that. And then you can also optimize it for full screen video clips. Now I've used this. Um, so sometimes we have a introduction in our lesson. Let's say it's a 15 minutes quick int introduction. And then I'll actually share a little um, video clip with some very gentle background music. I'll tick that box and as everyone is working on the task, that video is being shared, it's playing in the background, there's a bit of music. It's very similar to what I would do in the classroom, but then in a digital form. So that really helps the students to stay engaged because realistically our students, many of them will watch hours upon hours upon hours of these live streamers on Twitch and gamers and stream. We almost have to become a little bit like that to keep them engaged because they are at home, they're on their devices. So if we can maybe prepare a little video file and then use these two options down here to share that video file as we want them to complete a task, it really helps them to just stay engaged. And then that brings us to what you will see as you are sharing your screen. So as you're sharing your screen, you'll see a number of different options. So here at the top, you'll see that I can mute myself, I can stop the video, but here I can also pause my share. Now the pausing of sharing is very useful when you're trying to prepare your next point that you're trying to discuss, but you don't want them to follow along as you're going through those slides. So you can pause the share, you can prepare the next set of slides and then start the screen sharing again. 
You also have some additional options, and that is the annotations. Now, I saw some questions in the Q&A about the pointers, and the pointer you see here, this is from my slideshow. This is not the built-in one, but there is also a built-in pointer that you can use by opening up the annotation settings. This also allows you to annotate on top of your screen. Now, one thing I really like about Zoom is that it works on multiple devices. So I have window devices, but I also use Chrome devices with touch screens. And a touch screen combined with this annotate function is, it's just brilliant. It really allows you to dive into the content you're trying to share. So that's another thing you might wanna consider is what device do I have available? And then which device am I going to be using for my screen sharing or my lesson? Now, when you are um, sharing and someone else is sharing their screen, one thing that you can do is let's say that um, one of my students is sharing their screen because they are stuck or there's a problem and they can't really you know, solve it and they need a little bit of technical support almost. What I can do is when I click on the view options, I can actually request remote control. Now that means that I can now take over their screen. I can actually go in, change a few settings and then return that control to my students. This is very useful with your youngest students because we're all at home and many families are panicking a little bit. Some have two, three, four children. There's a bit of pan, there's a bit of chaos at home and not everyone will have a parent there to give them that technical support or to help them navigate to the correct slideshow or the correct website. Or this will allow you as a teacher to give just a, a bit of additional support. I'm not saying that you have to do everything for them, um, but it does give you that sort of backup. Um, I found this to work really well, especially when we're asking them to navigate between websites. I'll just say, can you just quickly share your screen? They share the screen and I'll request control. You can also then give up that remote control and just return that to them. So screen sharing is an incredibly useful feature. It's very simple at its core, but the more you play with it, the more you'll find new ways of using it because you can combine different applications, different websites and different video files by sharing your screen. Then here you can see there's a number of extra options as well. So when I share my screen, I'll just go back to this slide here. When I share my screen, I can also share a whiteboard. Now a whiteboard is just what it says, a whiteboard, and you can then annotate on that whiteboard. But it is important to note that when you are within your whiteboard, in your, in your options here, you do have to click on those three dots because you can disable participants from annotating your screen. And this is a question I often get asked is, oh, the whiteboard, I love it, but everyone is writing on my screen. How can I stop this? How can I stop my students from just scribbling all over my, this is where you just go into your settings, you disable annotation. Now, sometimes you do want that. You'll have a nice little you know, slide ready. You want them to annotate it, or you want them to answer problems. You want it to be a, a group effort collaborating. Well, then you can also tick on show the names of the annotators, and that's going to make sure that you actually know who has made which marks on your screen. Let's say that there was something inappropriate, then you can deal with it as you would in the classroom and something is said that is not appropriate. Because we need to realize that a lot of our students will feel safer being at home. When they're in the classroom, the teacher is in the front of the room, they're a little bit more reluctant to share things. Whereas when we're in a digital space and online, 
we often get students typing things in the chat rooms and saying things that they otherwise might not have done. So it is important to know about these settings and also it is possible to disable participants from annotating your whiteboard. So I think that is a very important one to play with. Now, that is all I wanted to share about screen sharing, but I do want to also, because I realize that the vast majority of the people here are teachers, this slideshow you've just seen has literally taken me two minutes to make just because I've used all the resources that are available online. So I've used Slide Mania for this slideshow, but that's one thing I would really want to share with everyone in this room is after this webinar, don't stop there. Start sharing your, um, your ideas and share with each other and just connect because we're all in this together. And so that's all I had for you today. Thank you and back to Leo. Thank you so much, Sethi. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I went first. I wouldn't want to have followed Veronica and Sethi's presentations, that's for sure. Um, great insight, uh, Sethi, and we'll put that resource up on the iEducate website as well. So at this stage, ladies and gentlemen, um, we have great numbers in here. So we're going to go to a Q&A session. We're going to spend about a half an hour to answer some questions. Biz the guys busily in the background have been answering We've uh, in excess of 450 questions throughout that presentation and the guys have, are, are answering away there. They've answered almost 300 of them while we've been talking. So what I'd like to do at this stage is I'd like Shane uh, Hartigan, uh, my colleague in IMS to elevate himself to the panel. And Shane is going to moderate the Q&A. So if you see uh, at the bottom of your screen, the raise hand function, if you click on that, we'll try and uh, bring up as many of you as possible to uh, ask your question. So Shane, over to you. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, thank you so much. It's an incredible turnout. We've over 2,300 people in the audience right now. Um, the engineers are answering all the questions in the background. Um, so I was just, uh, I've got a couple of people there. I was just going to bring up maybe Siobhan O'Sullivan. Um, Siobhan, are you able to hear us? Can you hear us okay? Okay. Brilliant. You're very welcome, Siobhan. What, have you a question for the panel you'd like to ask? Yeah, it's just that I would be more interested in Zoom for teaching one child as opposed to the class. Okay. Um, I might put that over to Seti. Uh, Seti, do you want to see how that goes or what, what's, your, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, well, we, we've we've actually used Zoom um, for both individual teaching and small groups, large groups, um, a range of different things. I think what's important is that you do check your school policies on that before you go into a one-on-one. -on -one. Um, some schools require you to record the entire sessions. Others don't want any recording. So, um, I mean, I'm myself, I'm based in an international school. So obviously our policies will be very different from any of the other schools here. But Zoom in a one-on-one -on -one is a very useful tool to have. And especially the, um, what I showed during the presentation where you can actually take over the controls in a one-on-one -on -one setting, that's often something they will need help with. Because if you are in a one-on-one, -on -one, maybe they need a bit of additional support while well, you can take over those controls. Fantastic, fantastic. I've just brought up Miriam Hurley. Um, Miriam, can you hear us? Have you got a question? Can you hear us, Miriam? Uh, is is that me? Yes, yes, yes. yes I can hear you. Absolutely. Thanks very much. Very, uh, thanks, everybody. Welcome. It's fantastic um, webinar. Uh, Ray, is that your school behind you? 
that's very cool screen there. That's very clever. Might try that at my idea myself. Um, my question is, we're looking at this for whole school assemblies to have a bit of fun. Um, will the free license allow us to access to 300? Because currently I have a license to have host 100 people. Yeah, I, I, I might take that. Um, so the, the free license allows for 100. Um, however, we are offering a trials of Zoom under the for the for the schools on the ieducate.ie website and if you register there um, we have included large meeting license um, in there as well so you can have up to 500 for example for for with that add-on so uh, that's worth registering and checking out so hopefully that um, that answers the question for yes, you. Yes, and thank you very much and I'd just like to thank Ava for sharing the um, AUP policy uh, it's great to have the changes we need um, set down for us. So thank you to everybody for the webinar and thanks for taking my question. You're very good, no problem at all. I've got, um, I think we've just brought up Una Moriarty. Una, have you, um, can you hear us okay? You think you're muted, I just uh, can unmute you there. There you go, no. Okay, we'll just uh, maybe go bring up uh, Geraldine as well, so. Geraldine, can you hear us all right? I think you're... Hello. Oh, we've, we've got Una. Okay, just give us a second, Geraldine. So Una, yeah, have you a question for the panel? Um, so I'm just very um, new to this, so um, I am very interested, but I find it's a bit overwhelming for me, just creating, you know, um, an online presentation. So I'm going, I've taken down Slide Mania, all these things you're talking about. I'll be busy trying to look up these things afterwards. But it is a great insight today. Thank you. No problem. I mean, maybe uh, maybe Aideen, would you like to take that and some ideas of what people have been using Zoom for and how to how to encourage, or maybe Terry? Yeah, sure. Aideen, Aideen, yeah. Yeah. Well, first off, I'd like to say that this was an, an all-encompassing suite of Zoom. So at education centre level. We might look to break out these things into smaller tutorials or webinars so that we'd look at individual things that people may be struggling with, whether you're at beginning level or whether it's the more complex level. We will try and build a suite of supports that might look to helping schools with the particular issues they're having with Zoom. Very good. Excellent. Um, so I, hopefully we have Geraldine uh, now on the line. Can you hear us, Geraldine? Yeah, I think I just raised my hand by accident. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. But it, it just shows you the power of what you can do with Zoom because, I mean, this is the webinar function of Zoom where you're delivering um, a presentation to an audience, a large audience. The, the, these features are really designed. There's, it's, a, it's a slightly different version. Um, it is uh, an add-on. The webinar is an add-on function uh, for Zoom. Um, but, you know, for presentations, it's 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 much better for very large audiences um, and there, there is um, it's purpose built for that. So you can, you know, we've got extra controls that we can see uh, within the webinar um, software. Um, so <clears throat> I'm just uh, maybe a question there for for. Um, um, for Veronica, um, Veronica, how how do you see um, you know Zoom and and, vid and video conferencing evolving um, within the the education sector uh, over the next couple of months? Yeah, well, I think 
I mean, as as Leo mentioned earlier, it's it's it is a, a fairly easy to use um, resource. You know, once you start using it, it, it is very it is very easy to use. And, and I think that with the way things are going um, and the uncertainty around the pandemic and so on, I think that we, we do need to move to, um, you know, we, we're all moving to online teaching. Uh, you know, we've had discussions in, in Galway about online teaching with, with student teachers coming in in September. So I think yeah, it, it's definitely moving that way. And and from, I mean, I only started using Zoom for teaching um, last week and this week, and it, it definitely has, um, the functionality within the programme has been fantastic. And um, yeah, it make, makes the whole experience a lot easier. Yeah. Maybe the same question to Seti. Um, Seti, you're you're on your website. You have uh, you're you're well noted to to be working with multiple types of platforms, and and it's the same position that we that that we come from is that you know if you're using Teams, keep using Teams. If you're using Google uh, Google Meet, keep doing that. Whatever it takes, get get online and 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 use it as much as and learn it. Um, Zoom will integrate with all of those platforms. It's not an either or. Um, just to your your, I mean, I suppose the same question. I mean, your, your how do you how do you see Zoom within as its position within the market now? I I I totally agree. Um, the main thing, I mean, we are now going into week nine of distance learning, and the the key advice is use the tools that you're familiar with. Start with those. Don't try to introduce anything new when you're thrown into this, and then slowly find solutions to problems that you're facing. So for example, we were having meetings and then we were starting to have online meetings with younger age groups where we needed to be able to make sure that everyone entered the room into a waiting room before entering the room. Well, the other platforms didn't allow us to do that. And then we needed a function of mute all because we didn't want to go through every single participant and mute them individually. So the answer then was Zoom. And that's why I say, make sure that you understand that why, not just when screen sharing, but also when using different platforms, why are you choosing to use a platform? And then all these platforms, they integrate with each other. There's absolutely no discussion about that. We are a Google school as well. We use Google Meet with a very large um, section of our school. Zoom is used for all the staff meetings and the SLT meetings and the, um, the early years and the reception teachers, they are using Zoom because of those additional features. So it definitely integrates. That's, that's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty important information. I mean, I just launched a poll in just to, to, to kind of gauge from the audience, you know, how more, how after this webinar, how more likely are they to use Zoom in, to teach in a live class? Um, so it'd be just interesting. I let that poll away in the background. Um, I guess the the um, we might actually take another question from the the the, the audience. I have uh, uh, Nunsi. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Nunsi O'Mahony. Would you like to ask your question to the panel, Nunsi? Can you hear us? Maybe. Uh, okay. We have. Uh, I've got. Uh, uh, we might go to Eddie. Can you hear us, Eddie? I think Nuncy's coming back in there. <laughs> um, yeah, um, um, just brilliant uh, webinar. Thank you very much to everybody. Um, I'm a secondary school teacher and we've been using Zoom and Teams. Um, and one of my problems uh, currently with the, um, the, the distance learning is I don't get to interact with my pupils visually. 
So when you ask a question in class, I don't, I can't see the puzzled look on someone's face, and I can't understand when their cameras are off and everything else. I don't, I don't get to to see who's lost and who isn't lost. And I'm just interested in the poll that you're putting up on the screen. Is that a possibility in Zoom, and where do those results go? Because I am using Teams uh, as well, and I can do polls in Teams, and I can do them on Mentimeter. But that means switching screens for the kids and everything else. Which, if it was a, an in, if there was a facility within team, within Zoom, just to do a quick poll to say uh, answer, and the kid can answer anonymously, so that I would know that some people are lost. Is there that facility? There is. I see some heads nodding. Does someone put the hand up if you want to answer that one? Um, you take that. Yeah, I can, I can take that. Uh, polls can be turned on in your settings. So when you log into your account and on the web portal, and you can enable polls, and polls will appear as a button at the bottom of your screen in the meeting. And uh, yeah, you can, it's very easy to use. And again, if you if you look up the Zoom website on how to use polls or the iEducate website, it'll it'll show you how to set them up. But yeah, they're a fantastic tool. Uh, even in today's webinar, the first poll that ran, we we were able to tell that there was just under 20% of people that are, are totally new to Zoom in the audience. So yeah, absolutely a crucial tool, not just for webinars, but for teaching uh, as well. Yeah, does any, anybody, um, I mean, the anonymous uh, section as well, you are able to, uh, to, to, um, to enable anonymous answering, but there's a lot of other applications out there as well. I mean, Seti, do you have uh, any, any particular gems that you like to use in your class for that type of, or those type of applications, maybe? Um... I, I tend to use polls a lot, but it really depends on what, what, what sort of content is being delivered. So for example, if it's a video, I'll use Edpuzzle and then Edpuzzle allows me to pause, sort of force pause that video and a poll pops up on the window. So I think, again, you need to come from, okay, well, what am I using? And then do they support polls? So if you are within Zoom and you're holding a Zoom, I would use the Zoom polls. Don't make it too complicated. Um, I heard that um, Eddie mentioned Mentimeter brilliant i absolutely love mentimeter it's great but again it's an extra screen you need to open up another tab and so if at all possible try to stick to the platform you're on and then think about the content so video a poll on zoom might not be ideal you might want to go to another platform like edpuzzle I mean, there's, there's a, another pro tip on this as well, is that if you're trying to do an attendance or a roll call within uh, within the class, I mean, a really easy way to do it is just have a have a poll, um, because in the poll, it, it logs the names uh, of, of the of the poll, and uh, you can use that as your, your roll call. So it's like launch your poll straight away and uh, you get your you get your list of attendees and um, it, it saves time um, and these little efficiencies. I'm just going to kick to the to the uh, Q&A because this is actually a, a new feature we've added into uh, or enabled in our, our webinar series. This is our sixth webinar so far within this subject literally over the last few weeks. So it's it's pretty intense. So we've, but well, one of the things is we were allowed to upvote the questions. So this really is questions that, it, because there are a lot of repeated questions and we're going to try and collate a lot of this, all these questions and answers and put them on our iEducate uh, website again to try and share the knowledge and to share the, the thing so one of the the uh, questions here which is the highest votes is what is the current suspicion about zoom ask right so this is um uh this is 
currently, I mean, Zoom have uh, have grown enormously uh, from a very small client base of, well, 10 million users uh, last year to over 300 million users. It's it's now entered our vocabulary as of, as the, the name and brand for video conferencing. So uh, obviously there, there's been the the use for Zoom in the past has been uh, for corporate environments and for using it in, in, you know, for these type of applications. Suddenly, it's now been used for music lessons. It's now been used for camogie practice. You know, it's been used for all these different elements. And it's so easy to use. You can just download it, and people are not aware of the features that you need to enable and you need to you need to turn on within Zoom. It's absolutely nothing to do with Zoom. And I'll just park it for a second there are a couple of little angles there that Zoom have been improving their software. I'll touch on that in a second. However, the big three that I would recommend is use the waiting rooms and, and learn to use them effect effectively. Have passwords for your meeting IDs. And also, when the students have entered the class, belt and braces, lock the classroom. Nobody is going to jump in and, and, and share inappropriate content. You're not going to get surprise visitors. And any platform out there, is, it can, this can happen to. It's not about Zoom. It, it's just general security. And as long as you're aware of it, and this is the, the three uh, things that we're banging on about here all the time is passwords, waiting rooms, and use the lock meeting, lock the meeting, and and that that's so Zoom are continually improving the so the software as well. They've just launched 5.0 of Zoom, so do download the latest version. Uh, this enables uh, the, the the next generation of encryption uh, that they've addressed, and also they have a weekly webinar running where the CEO of Zoom informs as a has a webinar on Wednesday afternoons. Anybody can jump in, and they've implemented you know, lots of new features and turned on these features by default, which are a key thing uh, within Zoom because it is very easy to use. Um, and therein is its Achilles heel. It, you, you, you need to turn on these features. Um, the, <clears throat> so hopefully that answered the, that was the number one question in the Q and A's. Um, so let's see, we've also got, um, 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 Shane, can I just yeah. hop on there just in relation to the polls and um, Eddie's question around that? In the same way that you go to the settings on the website um, to set up the breakout rooms, when you do the same, you go to the same place basically to set up polls. And then just at the very bottom of the screen, that little icon will appear for polls. So it's that easy. The icon is at the bottom of the screen. You click on it and, and um, you can set polls from there. Just to share that. Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely um, that's absolutely spot on. I mean, we're 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 hoping to do is to try and and create a forum, um, and uh, next we're going to kick this off next week, where we where where schools and and educators can share their most innovative ideas that they have with each other. Uh, I educate will facilitate to to push this. Um, we're going to try and and uh, we're, we will put the, the the terms of the competition or the or the, the the event on in next next week on the I Educate website. Um, we're going to have a we're going to for 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 any we're really interested to see what what ideas are coming through and so that it would encourage people that are nervous that are that are that are starting out on this video conferencing journey uh, to maybe pick up these ideas these small tips uh, from others within the organization within the the education community and and share it and of course what we'll do is to make this a bit more interesting as well we we will uh, ims is going to uh, give a school 
that um, that, uh, that that is the front and center and doing the best. And we're going to maybe ask SETI to to help out with the uh, with to pick it, but we're going to uh, to donate. Um, a, a fantastic piece of hardware, which is called a D10, D7, and, and actually donate that to the winning school. And uh, hopefully that'll, that'll help people as well in, in that side of, the, of, of um, uh, it'll again, help others to learn about what you can do inside in video conferencing. So that's something we're, we're going to launch out of the iEducate website with details next week. Um, so do, do uh, tune in for that. I suppose, um, there, we're we're just um, about twenty past twelve. I don't know whether we still have uh, Nancy. Uh, are you are you there, Nancy? Can you hear us? I think you were. Your mic is unmuted, so you are. Can you hear us? Okay. Actually, I might just bring in. Uh, I might bring in Marion as well. This late Nancy, can you hear us? No. Okay. Um, I suppose just on on. Um, um, is there any any comments you'd like to make, Terry, about uh, what you what you see as the, the next couple of weeks, uh, how they're how they're going to evolve um, in education? Mm -hmm. I think there's w one of the questions that came up there was any suggestions for conducting summer tests on Zoom for post primary schools. So um, uh, that's a very popular question to, from the audience. What do you think? Does Zoom would would I Zoom do it? Yeah, I suppose, Shane, my thoughts so far, really, I suppose, over the last number of weeks, um, us education centres across the, across the country, we've been responding, I suppose, to, to the needs, uh, the training needs, uh, and I suppose putting on different webinars on the different platforms, Zoom being one of those. And I suppose today, if today was your first time attending one of these webinars on Zoom, it may be a little bit, a little bit overwhelming. And I suppose just to follow on to 18th point there, I think um, over the next number of weeks, uh, the Education Centre Network um, will come together and look at what are the needs, what type of training schools need, uh, and I suppose in specifics, uh, and to break it down uh, into sharp little webinars for schools and take them through uh, from the very, very start uh, and hold the hands along the way. I think I mentioned on the very, very first webinar here about small steps uh, and uh, um, I suppose working together with this. And I suppose that's where your local education centre can help here. And I suppose we're very conscious of that at the moment. I mentioned it at the outset. We are there as a support. Uh, we are partnered with various different um, organisations throughout this um, number of weeks. And we plan on doing that going forward. So I suppose if today, if you found today overwhelming, be reassured that over the next number of weeks, this will be broken down into a lot smaller uh, smaller, I suppose, little webinars and smaller meetings where you can get the opportunity to ask those questions. And no matter what level you're at, be at a basic level or an advanced level, we will do our best to, to support you. Excellent. Um, Kleena, can you, uh, can you hear us okay? I think we just brought you up from the... Yes. C can you hear me? Yes. Perfectly, perfectly. Very Thank welcome. you. Thank you very much. Um, uh, that webinar was absolutely very informative. Um, I operate with the Office 365 suite, so I'm very interested in complementing the teams with the Zoom, and that's what I'm looking at. But the point that Sethi raised there was the whole issue of teaching teachers trying to adapt their teaching skills to the online platform. And while we're all kind of caught up in the technology, I'm just wondering, does Zoom have, or have advice for teachers on how to adapt to this new method of uh, new methodologies of teaching in order to keep the attention of the students because that is a feature that some students are letting us know that 
as you say, they're on their phones, they're there at the screen, but they're not fully there, if you know what I mean. So the, any advice in that regard for teachers would be very, very welcome. I mean, it's an excellent question. I might uh, hand that to Seti. You're, you're perfectly positioned for that one. I think in, in a sense, I've had a little bit of an advantage creating video content um, for a number of years. But what we have found as a school that works really well is we've actually had a staff meeting where we discussed popular streamers. Now, I know this sounds very strange, um, but a lot of our students are watching gamers and streamers and they're watching them for hours, hours on end, sometimes two, three hour streams. And so we were asking ourselves the question, what is it that makes these streams so engaging? And so we were trying to challenge ourselves, how can we set up, if you're still going into school to film, how can we set up our classroom, our background? How can we change the lighting to make it more engaging, not a dull environment with a, a white background? Because that's when our students tend to switch off. They switch off when you've got a teacher in front of a, a white background. However, if you add a couple of lights, maybe you add you know, a plant or two, like for example here, and then also um, the way you teach will be, you almost have to 10X everything. So whereas if in your classroom, you're asking a question and then you might look around and you'll call a student out. Whereas when it's online, you have to really 10X your speed, 10X your interactions and almost live in the chat as well. And sort of, so you'd, you'd start presenting something and then say, right, Leo, can you just quickly tell me what you think about that? Okay, on to Terry. Terry, what, what's your reaction to that? And you literally just bounce around. Yes, a lot will be lost in sort of all that talk, but in an online environment, we've seen that that works a lot better. So it's very fast paced, high energy, but much shorter sessions. Very good. Very, very good. Um, so we've, uh, we've got Maraid actually. Maraid, would you, uh, do you have a question for, for the panel? Yeah, I'm going to cheat. I have three questions. Uh, so I'll just say the three of them. The first one is, can pre-recorded videos be sent through to the parents or children through Class Dojo? Second one is, I'm presuming on a poll at the moment, you can't see who said yes or no. And if not, is there any plan to develop that? And the last one, is there any plan to develop the breakout rooms where the teacher maybe could watch the small groups in a small window um, or even to hover in and listen to see what they're talking about? Okay, so Aver, recording. Hand there, Aver. Okay, go for it, Aver. I'll, recording, I'll, I'll, is it? I'll take the first question, Mairead, if that's all right, because Leo might know what Dojo is. Is that fair enough? <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> no, I'm really joking. Uh, they, they basically, Mairead, uh, when you're in Zoom, uh, your teachers can collaborate together, just like we were doing today. You record your lesson. Once you have your Zoom Pro account, you save the recording to the cloud. So when you go into your Zoom account, then you just say you you copy the link in other words you copy the link of the um the zoom recording and you can paste that link then into any communication platform that you use basically um leo can come in on this but coder dojo is the same as seesaw or aladdin leo it's just another way of sending a link or sending a text um to parents so absolutely Mairead, you could send the link through dojo yes yeah, it's it's the key, I guess, where it where there isn't an actual integratable plugin like in Teams, the other platforms, the link the links are the key the key. Yeah. So that's question one. Question one. What was question two, Shane? 
<laughs> oh, Mar Veronica would like to answer question two. Great. Oh. I might take um, Maraid's question about breakout rooms. Um, currently, there there isn't a way to sort of peek inside and see what's happening in those breakout rooms, and it's it's definitely a feature that if they could do something, you know, that's definitely a feature that I think teachers do need. It's it's something that I I felt was missing. So um, perhaps between Leo and Shane, they might be able to send that suggestion back to the Zoom makers or Aideen, Have you a follow up? Yeah, just maybe Sorry, to say at a primary school level, uh, an option at the moment, maybe if teachers were to work together in larger schools at their particular area in the school, infant teachers together, middle school teachers together, and that maybe if they were a suite of panelists, then you've got maybe three or four teachers who can manage those three or four breakout rooms. It just might be a, a way of getting around that for now. We'll certainly ask Eric Juan, the CEO of Zoom, on our weekly uh, Q and A. That's one. That's one of our questions for next week. That's for sure. And the the last question, I think, Mairead, was around polls yes. and being able to see yeah. who voted for what. Yes. So, so yes, that the the host or the person who runs the poll can see the the individual answers. Yeah. It's in a report after the, the, the event, so it isn't in an interactive um, state where you can see the, the, the votes. Um, you just get a percentage of the, the, the class that has voted. Uh, you will also see the way they have voted, but you don't get the breakdown unless you review that afterwards, which is in, in, in the reports, um, which is inconvenient in terms of from a live classroom situation. Now, we did see uh, some amazing applications in the background uh, yesterday, actually, at the um, Irish Science Teachers Association held an event, and there was a numerous um, uh, apps that they had recommended. And I think it's a fantastic idea that we would uh, share some of these uh, apps that we would um, that we have seen uh, and then have used. And that is, uh, again, uh, there are third party apps, like, for example, that will 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 do that. And you share that uh, information via a screen share on Zoom. So hopefully that's, uh, but it's a good, it's a good feature. Maybe we'll put that in, uh, put it into a, a Zoom next feature or their feature request list. Um, we've just, uh, we've Marion uh, there trying to get, uh, just see if Marion is, is, uh, is there. Can you hear us, Marion? Um, yes, I can hear you. I think my question has been answered. I was just asking about if there would be a recording available of this webinar because I just missed the start of it. But I, I've sorted out through the, the Q&A section. So thank you. Thank you very much. Very helpful. Not at all, Marion. And thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, we're going to try and put all of these uh, Q&As. We've, we've, uh, our engineers must be absolutely melting at this stage. We have 387 questions answered, 222 yet to answer. So actually, I might uh, uh, see if we, we, we might bring one or two of them up just to, 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 uh, to round off the, the, the class. I know they've been very, uh, they've been flat out. We might bring Dennis and and Eric. Uh, if you guys are are free to to hop on, and we can pull you away from your keyboards. Thank you so much, guys, for 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 doing what you've. Um, so we're going to take their questions and their answers, uh, or the questions and answers, and try to publish those and make them a, a in a in a, a repository of information within the iEducate website. Um, 
I might just, uh, I suppose that's, we're coming close to half past 12. It's just gone past half past 12. Uh, we, we got a little bit of slack for running over the last time. So this time we, I think we could probably end it uh, on close to on time. Um, it's, uh, there are still over 1600 in the audience, which is an absolute phenomenal and a testament to uh, the, the teachers that are, are, are interested in this subject. Um, Ray, do you want to say a few words? Um, Thanks, Gene. I just want to, um, I suppose, compliment all of the contributors on the on the on the panel. The presentations have been absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, we've we have um, we've advanced our our own learning as teachers so much in the last number of weeks, and um, the interest levels from teachers in attending webinars like this is absolutely astounding. And I suppose what 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 it really points out is the fact that as teachers, we're learners first. And as teachers, we're tremendous role models for, for um, our colleagues and for the students that, that, that we're teaching and the ability that, that our teachers have um, undertaken and shown to learn um, about, uh, to learn about um, distance learning technologies. And in this case, about Zoom, um, it's a testament to the, to the teaching profession. Um, and I suppose the, the, as you said, Shane, I'm, I'm delighted to hear that um, the Q&A will be synopsized and made available to people. I think there's powerful learning in the questions that were asked and equally in the answers which have, which, which have been given. And I think that will be a resource which will be very valuable um, to all of us, and not just to give out to the participants, but also to host on the iEducate um, website and maybe in our own education centres, so that um, all of the teachers that are interested in the coming weeks and finding out a little bit more will have a repository in which to find their, their, quest, their the answers to their questions. Thanks, Ray. And we do have a feedback form afterwards. Uh, please, please, please fill it out. It's very, very important that we we, we continue to recalibrate our webinars. Uh, maybe we'll do a webinar on a webinar. We'll try and do some maybe some uh, some voting on how to do these webinars. Um, it certainly maybe get some advice from from SETI. And I, I would like to thank uh, the, the the panel. You guys have been fantastic with Aver, SETI, uh, and Veronica and Leo, of course, on the presentations has just been phenomenal. Um, so do fill out the feedback forms. It, it, it is important to us. And, uh, you know, we're doing this because we want to see the, the um, video conferencing um, play a role within, uh, within the education sector and to continue uh, sharing information between, between teachers. So um, I guess uh, maybe Terry, if you just would like to wind off or sound, sound, uh, sign off on the, uh, the event since you, you opened it and I just hand over to Terry. Can you hear us, Terry? Maybe Aideen would Yeah, that's well, perfect. No, thanks, Shane. Sure. Look, no, just I suppose I'd like to thank everybody on a Friday morning at um, 11 o'clock. It's a, a testament to the, to the teaching profession of this country that we had over 2,000, nearly 2,500 teachers sh showed up today. So it's absolutely fantastic. And over the last number of weeks, your engagement has raised it there with the, the, level, the level of engagement. Uh, and I suppose the real desire from the teaching profession of this country uh, to reinvent themselves over the last number of weeks um, you're a credit to, to yourselves and to your schools. And I suppose, look, over the next number of weeks, um, if there's anything we can do um, from the Education Centre point of view, please come and make that call and we will be there to support you. Thank you.